0: My man, Russ Dorsey, with us here, MLB.com, has covered Chicago sports, seemingly since he came out of the womb, even though (laughs) about 20 years younger than me. I I mean, you've been doing it for a while now, right? More than a minute?
1: Yeah, uh, started at 19 and 25, even though I don't think this year counts. I think I get another shot at 25 in 2021 but yeah since since 19 doing a little bit of everything
0: so we, we could talk a little baseball but i, I really just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on uh everything that's going on and a lot of people in a ton of pain uh i, I know that i am and I, i'm just i want i want you know i'd love to hear from you what you would want people to know sitting sitting in your seat as a what 25 year old no. african-american uh man who's watching everything that's happening in this great city and all across the country, but uh, you know it's obviously an incredibly challenging time for everyone.
1: Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It's been last week. I'll even say week has been tough, and you, you, you wanna you wanna be alone, and you wanna not talk about it, and you wanna you know be with your friends and family who are going through too. And uh, it's difficult, man. It really is. And you, uh, you know, people expect you to be this journalist and you know, you have a job due and, and you almost like we can't have feelings and we're not can't get emotional about things and I think one of the things I want people to know is like I was born a black man, not a journalist, you know? And uh I have a responsibility to stand up for for myself and my family and my friends and the things I believe in and
2: um you know, I it's 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 hard when you you want to do the right thing and you want people to know
1: and and understand you and your perspective and where you come from and the things you go through on a daily basis. And it's hard, man. It's, it's hard. And I know people see me do my thing all the time. and It's like Russ, you're, you're on TV and you're on radio and you you're covering all these teams and stuff. And, um, it's, I think the thing that I've been, you know, I've been on the phone since like Thursday morning, man, with just different people. And the thing that I've been trying to tell people is, dude, that act could have been me on on TV that you saw. And I don't want you to see me as your friend or, or whatever on TV. And that'd be the first time you care about the things that I go through every day. And, uh, you know, if I'm out there on the street and, you know, I leave the ballpark and, I leave wherever is somebody's studio and I'm just, I'm just another dude out there. You know, you you just want people to care about you. Not because, you know, I write or I know athletes or I talk about them or you see me talk about trades and stuff on TV, but you know, you just want people to care and you want people to have empathy. And, um, a couple of years ago, one of these things happened. And I was with my mom and I'm like twenty-one and you know, I couldn't get to sleep like the last couple of days and uh I sit on my mom's bed and I just put my head on her shoulder and she starts crying and, and she says, you know, I just want somebody to care about my babies like I do. And it's uh you know, you think, well, that's your mom, nobody's gonna love you like she does, but What she was trying to say was she just wants people to care about me when she's not around. And it's, uh, you know, as, as, as black people, we, we have to carry a lot and, uh, you know, my mom shouldn't have to worry about her adult son and and being able to, to go and and drive around and, and do everything that you have to do. And, uh, but she does. And so when you see people in pain and you see people hurting and and you see people that you say you love and say you care about, or you follow this person and, and for what they, as a, a journalist or whatever, and just know that like, we're just like you man, and, and we want to go home to our families and our wives and our kids and our girlfriends and our parents and, uh, you know, all of that. And, uh, it's been tough, man. It's been tough.
0: So, I wouldn't know you, Russ, if you didn't cover MLB and I wasn't on Sports Talk Live with you. Right. And I didn't get to meet your dad, who came to the show. And I didn't know you from anything
2: at that point. And I just felt this warmth from you.
0: And I loved that you brought your dad to the show. And you've just been somebody that I sort of instantly respected. A part of it uh, was your success being so young in the business and doing what you're doing. And then also, you know, you're coming to a sport that, um, you know, a lot of people like baseball's not black enough, right? I mean, there's, and like to to love baseball as as a black man, it's like, it almost feels like, and I can't put myself in your shoes, obviously, but I do wonder if it's confronting cause it's it's not basketball it's it's not football there's a there's a different animal there, and you know the history of the game is not so much different than than others but it ha- it has an ugly history and a beautiful history all at the same time
1: I think um you know when I think about one of the reasons I got into baseball reporting about baseball, it was not that I didn't love the other sports like you know I love basketball, I love football and shoot hockey um but I looked at the landscape of journalism in those sports and like we had, we had football covered. you know, we have people like Vaughn McClure and, and, uh, people doing their things in the NFL and I look at basketball and we have, you know, my guy Vinnie any goodwill and Mark Spears and shoot Jason now and, 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 and Sherrod Blakely and all these guys that cover the NBA. And you have that covered. And I just looked at baseball and it was the sport that I played so I got to college, and
2: the one that that got me my love for sports, and and it's the one that connected me with my dad. And it was uh, it's like there's no me in in reporting in baseball, and
1: I I was you know you're always confident in what you can do, and uh I was a young gun and wanted to really just show people like I can do this, you know that why can't I do what. Hassan or or Ken Rosenthal or or any of those guys do and and really just want to be a face that other kids who were 10 and and 9 and love baseball could be like oh I I look like that dude and uh, so everything I've done so far in in my career in baseball has been to be that and not only to be successful at it but to just you know be you know be somebody for the next generation of people who want to do what I do
0: this is beautiful. Um, I was reading, you know, I was going through your tweets and just been living on social media, which feels like it's, you know, A, not enough and, and, and B, also enlightening at the same time. And uh, you tweeted out, you know, for those who want to learn more, you tweeted out two books, uh, White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo and Between the World and Me by, I'm going to mess up this name, but Tanahisi Coates, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Coates. Yeah. So we can't substitute, and I haven't read these books, and I'm going to oh. order them when we get out this, this Zoom. But and and I'm not. I know you can't substitute from actually reading the book, but if you could summarize some of the things that you would learn by by reading, what, what those two in particular, what would you say?
1: Um, well, I'll start with "Between the World and Me" by Tanahisi Coates. I think that's the one where. It's just like, all right. I, I wanted to, you know, being on the phone with people, you get the what? What can I do? Question, and you know, these were long phone calls too. It wasn't like five minutes. Hey, how are you? This is what's going on. I don't feel great. Bye. It was uh, real conversations with people, and I, I really wanted to share. And I, I know a lot of people right now feel like I don't. I don't want to have to give, you know help and I don't want to have to sh- help you know what you need to do like um because I'm I'm hurt and I feel like you should know and you see like what's going on. So just do something. At the same time it's uh I think for me I, I want to at least be able to to help in some way and be like, look, as my friend, um I appreciate that you care and you give a damn because there's not a lot of people who 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 do as we've seen. So but it's it's more than just me telling you something. It's like studying and educating yourself on issues and and things that go on with Black people. So like between the world and me, it gives somebody a white person, a non you know Black person, uh, an idea into what we go through as Black people living in America, and and just really just understanding our trauma and why we feel the way we do about the police and, and, and why we have to have this guard up all the time and and why we feel certain ways about things is because different things about, uh, you know, institutionalized racism and, and systemic oppression and all these different things that, you know, bring that we've been fighting since reconstruction, you know, since slavery and, going through slavery to reconstruction, reconstruction to Jim Crow, Jim Crow to the civil rights movement, civil rights movement to Rodney King, Rodney King
2: to Ferguson, Ferguson to now. And same thing, man, same thing. And, and it gives people an idea like, all right,
1: people have been going through this forever. And instead of, having my view of black people be through what I see on social or what I see on TV or what I hear in music. Let me understand what and the the life of black people is. And I think that book does a decent job of that. Um, and then white fragility
2: by Robin D'Angelo. I think it, that's the one where I think for white people who
1: who aren't the Mark Carmins of the world, right? And don't know and understand people, um, who they are, and don't know black people, don't hang with black people. Uh, or even if they do, don't know them on a level where it's just like, this is somebody who is at a disadvantage in life. And I have a privilege and I, I've i never known, or I know and I don't care. And it's, it's the book basically talks about why you know, white people get so defensive when racism is brought up and. It, and, and Robin D'Angelo for everybody out there, is is a white woman um, and really just goes into in depth about explaining why people feel why white people feel the way they do about racism. And uh, I think it's an eye opener for people, because I think when you first see that title, you're like, oh, somebody, a black person or somebody else wrote this. It was like, no, this is somebody. From the white community, that's like, yo, you have a privilege, and that privilege is causing you not to un- want to under not to want to understand how other people, black people, are going through different things. And uh, I think those two things together will really open a lot of people's eyes up to what you're seeing right now. Like, I was telling a friend this weekend in the '60s when during the Selma. Marches and and the Montgomery marches where white America sees kids and women and. Pastors be sprayed with fire hoses and, and getting chased with German by German shepherds and stuff. It was the first time that most people had ever seen what was going on in the South during the civil rights movement. And I hate that this happened to George Floyd. But you've seen for the last four months, like we've seen people get killed on on Twitter. You know, Twitter is where you go to choke with people, see funny videos, all like that. We've seen people get killed on Twitter and social media for the last four months. And for a lot of people, just like in the 60s, this is the first time you've really seen what black people have gone through for centuries. And it's an eye opener, and it's not a pretty one, and it's not one, you, you know. A lot of people are just like it's just too heavy. I need to turn this off. It's like, you know, sometimes you you shouldn't, and especially when this is something that you don't go through on an, on an everyday basis, you should look at it, see it for what it is, tell people about it, understand what people go through, and you got you have to you have to be able to. Make a difference and change it because it's like i want I would want nothing more than to just write about baseball and not have to worry about anything else, but i I don't have that that choice I don't have that option, and I wouldn't feel right if I did you know i I just sent a tweet out about uh you know on April fifteenth on Jackie Robinson day, like my timeline is overflowing with content, you know, and it was really quiet this weekend. And when I was hurting, I saw, you know, I saw all the accounts, even the accounts of the people that uh, is the umbrella for where I work. I saw them not say anything and it hurts. It hurts a lot, man. So those are the long story short. Those are the the two books that I do think are a starting point. They're not the be all end all, but they're a starting point for people to understand uh, a lot of things that are going on right now.
0: So, you said a lot there, Russ. I, you know, I, I go back in time for me, and I, I've, I've understood, at least on some level, uh, the concept of privilege. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Highland Park, Illinois, the land of privilege. And, you know, we, I, I've told the story on the radio, I'll tell it again now, where, you know, we're driving and my, my, my dad picks up a hitchhiker. Now. I'm eight, nine years old. This dude's got a bag on his shoulder. He doesn't look like he showered at any time soon. I'm scared. This is a white guy he's picking up. Doesn't really matter. I guess maybe it does. Whatever. He picks him up, gets in the car, and, you know, where are you going? Well, he, he thought we were getting on the highway and going, going north, and we weren't. So we drove him for, like, 500 feet, and we dropped him back off. But, like, my, my dad was teaching me a lesson right there. That dude's no different than you he's entitled to just as much of the ride that you're getting. At least that's how I'm feeling about it now. And and I remember my mom who cut hair in our basement and she brings up this guy at six o'clock on around dinner time. Hey, Mark, I want, I want to introduce you to Mr. Smith. Hey, Mr. Smith, how are you? Mr. Smith's a bigot. And I don't know what he said down in that basement when she was cutting his hair, but whatever he said, uh, she wanted to, Shame him in front of a kid, and so I've I've had the benefit, you know, from my parents of of teaching me at least some level of right and wrong that I've always held, and I've understood. I mean, how could you not look when 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 I'm being followed by a policeman? I'm scared, right? I don't want to get a ticket. I I don't don't know what's going to happen, but it's nowhere near obviously what happens as an African American person, and I know the conversation's been out there with. You know, there's just a bunch of bad apples. And, and, I, and I see the conversation going forth. Well, it's actually a lot worse than that. Because uh, Derek Chauvin had 19 some odd complaints in his file. And those are just the ones that made it to his file. So, and he still had a job. Uh, so, you know, it, it's worse than that. And, and we've had, we haven't really listened. And then everybody, you know, got their phones. And now we're seeing it, oh,
2: it's worse than what people have
0: been saying, what black people have been saying. So I don't, I'm not saying this to act like I'm some great guy over here because I'm not. I, 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 I could be doing a lot more. And I'm, I'm reading stuff from, you know, Barack Obama put out a piece in the Medium today about voting in local elections, how that can really impact change. I don't do that. I haven't done that. So there's a, and that's not, that's not a big ask, you know? So, you know, I, I just think for someone in my, in my seat, white America, like looking in the mirror and seeing where, where you can be better um, and, and being understanding, I, you know, it, pain, it pains me, you know, to go back in time, and this is just a little small part of a million conversations, but the Colin Kaepernick conversation and how much pushback was going on at that time that's it was, it was so wrong It was. it's it's so incredible and he did, and not everything he did was smart should he have worn socks with policemen on there as the pig hole thing sure he shouldn't have that was not a great that was not a great add-on but what he was trying to do was truly beautiful and people didn't want to hear that I, so I don't know what, where we're what to say all this means Russ but I, I just I'm just hoping that because I have seen a lot of people, as you were just talking about, that there's been a there have been a lot of comments on social media uh, from white people who seem to care, and then there's silence from others and all that type of stuff. But there's there's a want to do it, and then I also worry that you know what we're going to have this big moment where everyone's going to talk, and we're going to go right back to it. That's that's the human condition right there. We we just want to be comfortable. We don't want to give up the privilege. So. I, I just hope that we're we're on on the verge of something better here, and I, I don't know if we are or not, but I, I'm going to try to do my part uh, on the bare minimum here. Can I get you know get to the polls and 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 put out important voices like yourself right now?
1: Status quo is convenient, man. Like, yep. I, you think about having to to make a, making a change one, and like let's say you're a smoker and you stop smoking, like that's a big deal, and and it's something you've been doing for so long, it's sick. Second nature to you. Like I drink coffee every day. Like I have my Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> cup right here, and that's it's it's second nature to me. So if somebody said Russ, you gotta stop drinking coffee, and I even did it like a couple months ago after spring training, I stopped drinking decaf. I mean, a uh, caffeinated coffee. I'm like, I went straight to decaf, and it was hard, man. Like I was like, nah, man, I can't, I can't stop. I've been on it for too long. The point of all that is just like making a change is difficult, and when you've gone through years and years and years and years of having this head start and it's just like, well, I kinda like where I'm at. And well there's some bad people that might take it to abuse this. You can't it's a lot it's real that it's easy for people to be like, nah, never mind. Somebody else will do it. Somebody
2: else will do it. Somebody else will do it. If you think about the twenty sixteen elections, right? Two people that nobody really liked. And you knew one was worse than the other, but people were like, eh, I can't vote for her.
1: So eh, I won't vote. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. you see what we have now because somebody else was going to do it. And, uh, you really, you have to take care of business, man, for the good of yourself and for the good of everybody else. Like you have to do what's right. And, and what's right. Isn't always celebrated. It's not always going to make people feel good, but and it comes a certain point where you got to draw a line in the sand and be like, am I going to be
2: part of the problem or part of the solution? I actually think it's
0: worse than what you just put out. Um, and I'm not calling out anybody by name, but for a long time and on multiple levels, we have valued, and sometimes we've been wrong about how we've even valued that, but that's a different discussion, but we have valued the Almighty Dollar over everything. It's been number one
2: that's how we vote uh, and social social issues
0: that's down the line uh you know a million other things are down the line the environment down the line because we want to live quote unquote our best lives right now and there's it's it's just upsetting,
2: um and I'm still you know, in the whole like left right thing that's exhausting
0: too, right, wrong, right, wrong it, it's it's and I don't think it's that hard to figure out, I really don't, but the action part of it you know, that's okay. Now, now, now we're changing some habits that you're talking about as far as the coffee and everything else. And that, okay. That, that, that's, that's a larger commitment. And and people are busy and whatever they got their lives going on and their their comforts. But like, some of this is very small. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm, I got, I got three quotes for you, Russ. Uh, you know, everyone's been quoting MLK and um, you know, he, I just, I pulled a couple of mine that, I want to remind people that, you know, one of them is this, human progress is neither automatic nor inevitable. Every step toward the goal of justice requires sacrifice, suffering, and struggle. the tireless exertions and passionate concern of dedicated individuals. Like, yo, it ain't going to happen unless you get it. You know, this is not something that just falls off a tree. I thought that was a great one. I'll, I'll, read, you, I'll read you two more real quick. Uh, People fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they've not communicated with each other. And then the last one, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. And I I love that hope. But it it, but it goes back to the first one where that's it's going to take some action.
1: Right. You know, and and, you know, when people like to we talk about convenience, it's convenient to grab a flowery Martin Luther King quote and put it out there. and, And, oh, he was about nonviolence. And I'm like, you don't know Martin Luther King as well as you do. Like those same people that put those things out don't want to put out the rioting is the language of the unheard. You know, you have thousands of people across the country who are just tired. They're tired of people uh, taking a dump on them for centuries and centuries. If I were to to come to your house, Carm, and I look through your window and you and your wife have all this food on the table, all this great food on the table, and I haven't eaten in a year, I'm going to knock on the door hey, excuse me, I'm, I'm really hungry, I, I need some food, and you say, shut up, and you slam the door in my face. You do that for a week. After a week, I'm going to bang on the door. Hey, man, I'm just really hungry, I need some food. Shut up, and you slam the door in my face. After a month, I'm going to be kicking on your door. I need food. You do that for a year, I'm going to kick the door in, I'm going to take your food, and I might kick your ass for treating me like crap for, for a year, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not saying that I promote looting or any of this stuff out there because there, there are a lot of opportunists out there and people taking advantage and wanting to
2: hijack the situation and hijack the, the protest. But all I'm saying is you can't be, you know, status quo like we were talking about for all these years and, and then treat people a certain way.
1: And then when the situation flips and those people aren't going to take that anymore then say whoa 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 you have to do this peacefully well no because we saw dude do it peacefully and he no longer has work uh and and then you feel like you can just treat people this way and then when those people are just like no i'm not going to take this from you anymore now you feel threatened and you can't have it both ways you can't have it both ways though
0: i i, I love the way you put that as far as the food it's and it's and it's true um, little give a little, a, 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 a little get out of your bubble, out of your comfort, um, to go a long way. Russ, I appreciate you doing this. Um, you know, I could ask you a flowery question. Like, do you think we're going to have baseball? We, could, <laughs> But I don't know if you know the answer to that one.
1: I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, I'd say if we don't have a, an agreement by the end of the week, I would be concerned. Just because you're just you're running out of time, man. Like we're it's June first, yeah. as we sit here now. Like it's not a ton of time. So yeah. you guys want a hundred games, and it's like I don't know how you do that without putting players at risk of getting injured because you're just going to be playing a lot, man. It's going to be a
0: lot. I, I do wonder if um, not that it should matter. Well, maybe it should. I don't know the events of this, you know, past week slash weekend will have any impact about trying to get out there and doing something positive because there's, it's an even further opportunity for guys to, and I don't think that millionaires should be giving billionaires money back and all that type of stuff. Uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it just would feel better to get out there and, and, and play and, and hope that you, I also do think from a player standpoint on a, on a business side level, like if you do get out there and make some money, maybe there'll be more money for you down the line here when you hit free agency. So there's that too. Um, anything that we missed here that, uh, maybe stood out as far as, you know, anything you've experienced the last couple of, so
1: no, it's, I just care about people, man, care about people, call people, call your black friends and say, Hey man, I'm thinking about you. I care. Um, if nobody else does, you know, I care about you and what happens to you and people who look like you and your family and and just show compassion, man. Show empathy for people, people you don't know, and, and it doesn't matter because those people have families and, and those people have dreams that they want to achieve and they deserve every right to achieve those dreams without having to feel like they can't because things like this happen. So yeah, man, just care about people.
0: Well, we were supposed to do this podcast on uh, yeah on April. <laughs> like not actually that long ago. Yeah, yeah. it was supposed to be April 29th. ninth. <laughs> so I I asked Russ for the record, like, hey, can you can you do a podcast on a Monday? He's like, Yo, I've been bu- I'm booked for the next three months on Monday. Like you- <laughs> three Mondays. <laughs> but we figured out a Monday. I hate
1: that it had to be like at a time like this. Yeah. but well, I think this is an important one though.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, and I say that just cause when I, when I sent you the text, I was like, I, I don't, I hope that he, you, I hope you don't feel like I'm trying to, you know, put you in an awkward spot. Cause I, I get that this is an extremely awkward time, but I, but I, I did want to, you know, if you were willing to talk, I really wanted to hear what you wanted to say, man. I had I
1: said no to a couple of people and was like, man, I'm not even in a, a position where I want to talk. And, uh, he texted me this morning, and I woke up late, and I was just like, yeah, I'll jump on with my man, Carm, because I know we're going to get to the real. Um, so I appreciate you having me on, man.
0: I really appreciate you doing it, Russ. You take, you take care, and uh, well, let's, uh, let's do this, bottom line. Let,
2: let's, let's, let's do it right. Thanks for being with me, Russ.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.